Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Monday. It feels like uh, this weekend was was three weeks ago. Wow. Um, I, I'm happy. I, 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 I usually say Happy Monday, but it doesn't feel like a Monday. I. I <laughs> All right. So we had the what, parish what fair. What did you preach yesterday? I forgot already. It's, it <laughs> seems so long ago. <laughs> we had the parish fair. George and I are a little delirious, as you can tell. My voice is not what it should be. A little raspiness. It look. It, it sounds cool though. You should. You should record a full album right now. <laughs> But uh, we had the parish fair. I was um, didn't fall asleep until after midnight last night, and um, tired, very, very tired, but uh, just happy. It was just oh, a great weekend, glorious weekend, wonderful weather. Woke up to rain this morning, which is like, yep. I mean, I, I mean, Lord, I'm, I'm thankful that we had great weather for just one more day because you still have to get the rides off the field, and now it's going to be a little tricky with the with the wet uh, wet field, but. Um, no, it was a, it was an amazing weekend, and um, seeing the joy. There's a picture that somebody took of me on Friday. Friday, okay. yeah, that I was just walking around, just taking every, and literally I was by myself walking around, taking everything. Not you know, and yep. uh, we had a, a parent who's a photographer who was taking pictures and posting it on our Instagram page, and he took just a, a great picture that was just you know that's why I hate post pictures. I I really do. I, I prefer natural pictures, pictures of in the moment, capture the moment. Um, but, and it was just me looking at the kids, you know, just having fun uh, on the swings. But, you know, and it was just pure joy yep. that I had in my face. And I sent it to my mom, and my mom goes, that's one of the best pictures I've ever taken of you. Because well, it was authentic. Yeah, how many was, times yeah. have we talked about authenticity? Oh, it, that's no, just... because, I, listen, I spend I spend my weekend, I mean, not my week, I spend, yeah, my, I spend my weekends taking pictures of le- mm-hmm. after weddings and I'm and there with the smile yep. and and I had to take two three oh yeah I didn't get that and two three more it happened to me yesterday it happened to me last night as the fair was ending that a, some, a, some family wanted a picture with me and, and and the kids here's the thing they asked one of the kids to take a picture with an old you know old school camera kids don't know how to no, take pictures no. with old school I mean and it's not an old school it's a brand new camera which got the, you know with the lens and all that stuff they don't know how to take a picture you know, all they know is to take pictures with phones because the yep. they don't know that cameras existed before mm-hmm. phones and still exist. But it was just an amazing weekend uh, filled with joy. Um, I remember what I preached about yesterday. I mean, but it was less than 24 hours ago. I'm going to have to edit in some Mariah Carey here at some oh, point. Dear. <laughs> I had, I did not see. That's the thing about the homilies that I... You know, I plan things, but there's always things that the Holy Spirit... Or just my, you know, warped sense of humor brings up that connects with people. Oh yeah, because I think uh, that, that connected to people. You, you want to talk about that? That got an authentic laugh out of, oh my uh, out of the people. That was so, that was a great. So moment. what we're talking? I mean, my homily yesterday was, you know, and I think Sister Rosalie was talking to me about it last night when we were doing the post mortem of the fair. Uh, you know, it's more. I mean, even though I didn't articulate it as such, it was about the wants that we have for mm-hmm. Christmas. Versus the needs that we have for Christmas, okay? Which the need is we need Jesus. And, you know, I'm coming to the end of the homily, 
And I started off the homily by talking about, you know, when we were kids, you know, we were we wanted that, you know, we wanted that special present. We all want that one thing under the tree. We wanted, you know, we wanted Santa to bring that tree. You know, wanted, we wanted to, to wake up that morning and see that bike or see that shiny skateboard or see that shiny video game or whatever it was that we needed or, or wanted, not needed. And um, and sometimes it wasn't there. And you had and you you, you kind of like laughed or smiled like, yeah, thank you, mom and dad. Thank you, Santa. And on this day of St. Nicholas, by mm-hmm. the way. So, uh, and sometimes I wasn't it. And 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 when you apply that to the spiritual life, there's so many things that we want, and it's, and things are good. I, I explained, you know, you're a father. You know, you want your children to grow up to be healthy. Do you you want your daughter to meet a good man, your son to meet a good woman? If, they, if they're not called to the priesthood or religious life, sure. you know, you want them to be happy. You want them to live lives filled with grace. Live lives, li- uh, you know, filled with you know, Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I, I gave a sports analogy. You know, I, I want the Dolphins to keep on winning. I want the Dolphins and to win. And they did. And we'll did. get there, but they did. Yeah. I want the Dolphins <laughs> to win a Super Bowl, but that hasn't happened. So I went into the readings and I go, the readings yesterday were filled with things that the people of Israel were expecting, but didn't happen. Like, for example, in the first reading, it was from the, from the Prophet Baruch, and it is from when they were in exile in Babylon and, you know, they were expecting to go back to Jerusalem, but how were they going to go back? They were expecting the Messiah to come to take them back to Jerusalem. They did go back to Jerusalem, but it wasn't the Messiah that took them. The second example I gave was, okay, John the Baptist saying, prepare the way for the Lord. Messiah, and he was saying the Messiah is coming and he was right. The Messiah is coming, but that's not the Messiah that came was not the Messiah that people were waiting for or expecting they were expecting, and they wanted a militant Messiah, a Messiah that would, you know, come and restore clean house. You know, clean house. Yep. Get the, the get the Romans out of there. Restore. You know, be like a warrior, like mm-hmm. King David, the greatest king that Israel ever knew. Okay, but that's not the Messiah we received. We received a Messiah that came with peace, a Messiah that yes, he did clean house, but not in the way that they expected. And then the third example I gave was, you know, the Christian people in the second reading, the early Christians. Expecting Jesus to come back immediately, and they were coming, and then people were dying, and he wasn't coming back. What's going on? And it didn't happen. So three instances that good, you know, it was good expectations. It wasn't, you know, but it wasn't what God had planned. And so when we realize that, and we we look at, you know, we're looking at all the ads in the paper on the internet of things that are on sale and for Christmas, the things we could buy or things that we want to give to people. And then we come and realize, and I and I and I made that the way that I was supposed to end the homily <laughs> was that didn't matter what was you know what I received under the Christmas tree, what was truly important, what was always under the Christmas tree, and that was the manger scene. Right. That was Jesus that was there. But what happened was we come, you know, I don't know why I went out, you know, I, I the way that I was wording the last words of my homily was we come to realize that all we want for Christmas. For Christmas. Is Jesus? I go wait. I just sounded like Mariah, and, and the whole place and just, went from there. <laughs> and the whole place just started laughing, like you know, like I just delivered the punchline of the, at the end of a very long joke, which which it wasn't. So uh, George keeps checking his phone to see if we have a, no, a coach. No, you know, we have nothing, see we have white smoke yet, out of yet, Carl Gables. <laughs> okay. Anyways, so uh, but it but it was good because it connected the people because we hear that song so many times during during the season, and it's a great song. It, it came out. I believe it was during my first or second year in seminary. 
and it was it was uh, it was a great song. It had a catchy tune. It was it's, yeah, it but, is. But by Christmas, all we want is for that song to start. No, I I, I like oh, I, I, I no. hear that and I no no no. Oh, it's, here's the thing: is that I you know it's a good song, but no, I, I at some point I was in high school and Mariah broke through, and <laughs> everyone in my you know all of us had crushes on Mariah back then. I mean, it was like. You hear, you hear the first few notes is next next where's the ding, where's the, ding, the, ding, the skip ding, button ding, 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 <laughs> yeah you know so um yeah but when i got to the end i mean i just looked at the choir the whole choir was just oh. laughing i'm looking at lewis and i'm like please don't play the first <laughs> the first first few notes i'm sure you could have gone to the piano oh, and just he was go, ready he was I, ready he could have gone over there and but the point was made Absolutely. you know uh there there's so many things about about yesterday's reading i even i even threw in a you know the the sisters were there from you know and they're from Los Angeles. So I threw a Los Angeles traffic reference, which I've never experienced Los Angeles traffic because I've only been in Los Angeles for a forty five minute layover. I never left the airport, so uh, I was supposed to go last year, but uh, but they said yeah no, yeah, there's it's a, rough. It's so rough. I was talking about you know the shortcuts in Los Angeles. He goes, I go, Father, there are no shortcuts in Los Angeles. Just like there's no shortcuts here in Miami. You know, it's like oh, Father, what's the best way to get by beach? I go, take your pick your poison. Yeah. So. John the Baptist telling us, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths, and make a, and, and really the point of my homily is make a highway, you know, smooth it out, take the obstacles out, take, you know, you know, and make the short, make the shortcuts available for Jesus, but realize that we need Jesus more than we want Jesus to come this Christmas. Yep. And anyway, the, the image of God as a good father is, is and we, we've spoken about this in the past, but, but it's so... Uh, fitting because you know just yesterday I was walking around the fair with with Lexi my my daughter who's now old enough to to kind of understand what's going on and, and ha- you know she had a blast at the fair you know and she got a lollipop at the at the little candy um, booth and I said okay we'll have that later so we put it at the bottom of the stroller we're walking around and she kept going you know papi I need the lollipop I need the lollipop I need the lollipop <laughs> yeah and I'm and like a father i'm saying no not yet and, and you don't really need it you want it and, and i caught myself saying that like oh that's literally what, what we were just talking about you know in, in this week's uh, readings and gospel and, and the homily and you know a good father knows what we need a good father knows what we want but but more importantly a good father knows what we need and knows when to give it to us you know so so and, and so so kind of applying that you know to the spiritual life Yes, God knows the desires in our hearts. God knows the the deep wants that we have, you know, as individuals, as as families, as a church community, as you know, as a universal church. God knows all of this, but God also knows better about what we need and and when we need it, and when is the right time to give it to us, and and how, you know, how to give that to us, for for the for for the benefit of us, you know, mm-hmm. not for His benefit. But but for our benefit, because he loves us, because he wants to give us everything, you know. But but he's going to give it to us at the right moment. Yeah, and and if you look through all of salvation history, you go back to the Bible, you go back to the Exodus again, and you have throughout the Old Testament, you have examples of the Is- Israelites wanting something. Mm-hmm imploring God for something. You go back to Texas, obviously they yeah. wanted to escape slavery. They were, you know, you know. I'm, I'm thinking right now, I'm humming in my head the, the, the opening song of the Prince of Egypt, Deliver yeah. Us. Yeah. You know, they, they want to be delivered from the hands of the Egyptians. God granted them that. Took, But, you know, in his time, sent Moses, who was not 
probably the ideal candidate said, well, I, mean, I can't speak, but he sent Moses. They get into the promise, and then they want to get to the promise. It takes them 40 years. They can't get there. When they're finally in the promised land, you know, war after war after war, they wanted a king. But, but God is your king. All right, God says, you want a king? Here's your king. So sends him Saul, sends him David, sends him Solomon, and then the rest were just like, where are, who are these guys? And then after the kings, they get exiled to Babylon. Deliver us from exile. You know, took them, you know, seven decades, eight decades to get out of exile, but they finally made it. But during all this time, there was, you know, a longing for an expectation of a Messiah, but what more in the line of David, more in the line of Solomon, more in the line of the strong kings of Israel. But that's not what God sent us. God sent us, and, and we hear this throughout Advent, that everything is topsy-turvy. You know, the mountains will be laid waste, the valleys will be filled. You know, why? To prepare the way for the Lord. All of this is to emphasize the point that our ways are not God's ways. Our ways, you know, if it was up to us, we would have messed everything up. We didn't need a militant Messiah. What we needed is a Messiah to open the gates of heaven for us. That's what was most important to God. That's what should be most important for us, is to be able to put our focus and our eyes fixed on heaven because that's what Jesus came to do, to bring us and to restore that relationship with, with our Father, which was broken through the original sin of Adam and Eve. That is what Advent is all about. It's us restoring that relationship. What I talked about last week, it's making things right, that God of justice, Mishpat, making things right. And that's what Jesus came to do. It wasn't the expectation. You look at Judas, you look at most of the disciples, you look at the you know the Pharisees and all the people at the time, they were looking for a Messiah that fit their mold, not the mold of God. Oh, and, and it's, it's a Messiah that fit their their time and place. Mm -hmm. You know, all uh, what we're what we're talking about here requires a, a broader view you know, to step back because there's always going to be a want. Even when we get what we want, there will be a new want. Oh yeah. You know, we we, we want the, the you know the latest iPhone and we get it and then those two cars in front of the and then we're going to say, oh cool. you know, I got the new iPhone and now there's new uh, you know AirPods for instance. So so I want those now and then I get that and and I want the next thing and then I want the next thing. You know, so so it, when we're caught up in in our own, you know, time and place, with that narrow view, there's always going to be that desire for something more. And sometimes those wants become the obstacles yep. that prevent Jesus from making a you know straight path into our hearts, because you talk about all those things, all those wants, especially during this time of year. It's the material. You know, what do we? You know, you look at, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of my nephew's playrooms. Yep. I'm thinking of your, Ooh. I'm thinking of your, you know, just not, not playroom, your kids' bedrooms. They, they've uh, your, taken your, over your, them. Your family, <laughs> half your family room is, you know, a playpen. Yep. And, and, and I remember at, at, at some point, I want, you know, my, my youngest nephew turns 10 tomorrow. So, you know, I don't have any babies anymore in terms of nephews in my family. And, um, you know, but I remember at one point, when my when my oldest nephew was sixteen, you know he always had a playroom in my parents' house, and I remember going in there one time, and then you know my other two nephews eventually had their toys come in there too, and I look around the room and I'm like, there are more toys in this room than I had my entire yeah. childhood, you know because 
my parents were like, you know, you get one, two, three toys. You know, now it's like a room. You know, you walk in. It's, you know, not only you know, not only you know, Christmas, but birthdays. It's like you Every, know, everything. Everything is. It doesn't end. That, that's that's. And no matter how many times we say, please don't. Yeah, yeah. The, the gifts are gonna come. Anyway. The gifts are gonna come. Yeah. <laughs> no, my my my. I don't know if it was my sister. Yeah, I believe it was my sister. Like when she saw that people were still giving gifts, whether it be a birthday, she's like, you know, let's keep this for Christmas. Let's get this for oh, a yeah. day that you know, I hate to bribe them for something. I mean, for sure. I, who my, knows? my kids are still too little to listen to this podcast, and we have. So I can, I can. <laughs> These are our I cards. can say, you know, Lexi, we, <laughs> if you're 20 years old and listening to this, you know, we love you. We have a stash, you know, hidden in in the in a different room of uh, of old gifts that will be you're making pretty, an appearance at some point. Okay, may I may make an appearance on Christmas morning. Who knows? <laughs> but. You know, uh, but but father, the, the the real challenge and is moving beyond the material because there could even be spiritual need, uh, yeah. spiritual wants, you know, that fit our our you know here and now that are that are good and well intentioned, but may not be you know the spiritual needs you know, on, on a broader picture for us, right? You know, so so I may say you know, I'm not going to get into specific examples, you know, but but just moving beyond. Uh, material, which is which is easy to understand, you know the the real challenge becomes, you know, trying to under trying to see things as God sees them, even in the spiritual life, where we can have misdirected wants and needs, and 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 really trying to open ourselves to, you know, where is it that that the Lord is taking me? What is it that the Lord wants for me? You know, so that I can kind of de- literally, as Paul says, you know, I can decrease it and He can increase, where I can put my own wants and needs aside as as well-intentioned as they may be, you know, and make that path straight for the Lord. And that's why it's so important that in the spiritual life, when we pray for something, and and so many times we we pray for something that we want, true spiritual maturity is asking the Lord, Lord, give me what you think I need the most, whether it be patience, whether it be, you know, charity, Towards my neighbor, whether it be peace, whatever it is that we need, Lord, give that to me. You know what I need more than I do. Mm-hmm. You know what I need to be able to become a saint. You know what I need to be able to be the best version of myself, to be a better Christian, to be a better husband, a better father, a better wife, a better mother, a better priest, a better a better nun. Whatever it is that you need, yep. that I need, you know what I need. And and the psalm said, you know what I need before we utter it. Mm-hmm. And But the thing is that we get in our own way when it comes to prayer. We get in our own way when it comes to spiritual life. And that's why abandonment is so important when it comes to spiritual life. And say, when we walk into the church, you know, we come with certain expectations. When we go on retreat, we come with certain, we go on retreat with certain expectations. And I always tell people, especially when they go on retreat or when they come into mass, to say, you know what, I am abandoning myself and and allowing myself to be open to what the Lord wants to give to me at this mass. And sometimes they may not give anything because our minds are distracted, we're thinking about something else. It doesn't matter. But when we abandon ourselves, the Lord surprises us. So many times that I've been in prayer and or celebrating mass and something surprises me. Something that, you know, whatever it could be, but we have to be open to that, we have to be open to the possibility of allowing God to surprise us. I'm glad you mentioned abandonment because it it reminded me one of my favorite quotes. I'm gonna read it. It's a little bit long, but 
is from a book, uh, it actually has two names, Sacrament of the Present Moment or Abandonment to Divine Providence. And I cannot remember the author's name for the life of me right now. But I, I have this saved in my notes. I actually wrote it down uh, April 8th of 2020. And it, I, I go back to it often. What were we doing on April 8th of 2020? I have no idea, but I pulled it's it up. Lockdown. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and it's exactly what we're, what we're talking about here. Uh, so it says, The essence of all spirituality is this, complete and utter abandonment to the will of God. We must offer ourselves to God like a clean, smooth canvas and not worry ourselves about what God may choose to, to paint on it, but at each moment feel only the stroke of his brush. It is the same with a piece of stone. Each blow from the sculptor's chisel makes it feel as if it were being destroyed. As blow after blow descends, the stone knows nothing of how the sculptor is shaping it. All it feels is a chisel chopping away at it, cutting it, and mutilating it. We might ask, what do you think is happening to you? And it might answer, don't ask me. All I know is that I must stay immobile in the hands of the sculptor. I have no idea what he is doing, nor do I know what he will make of me. But I know his work is the best possible. It is perfect. And so I welcome each blow of his chisel as the best thing that could happen to me. Although if I'm to be truthful, I feel that every one of those blows is ruining me, destroying me, and disfiguring me. Hmm. I mean, it's so true. Because we have to, it's like the image of, it is the image of the potter in the clay. Yeah. You know, we have to abandon ourselves and say, Lord, because you were talking about the chisel, and it will hurt, but... It's what we need. God knows what we need. And sometimes to get to where we, where we need to be, where God wants us to be, you know, that sometimes can be painful. I, I mean... It has to be painful. No, I'll give you an example. It, it every will, every it time guaranteed will be... Right. i give you a concrete example. Every time I've been transferred from one parish to another, yeah. of course it's painful to leave a people that you love behind, but you know that God is calling you to minister someplace else as a priest. You know, I, I think of the religious sisters, the sisters every year, they, you know, they get different assignments. and But there's total abandonment For to sure. the Holy Spirit. And yes, it's painful, but it is necessary because that is where God wants to be. And now we could fight it, but what's the point of fighting it? Mm. You know, you're not going to win a battle against God. It's simple as that. Yeah. Simple as that. You know, you know, every yes is, uh, as they say, a no to every other possibility. You know, so, so ev even... Good things, you know. You you said yes to the priesthood, and that meant, you know, sacrificing a lot. You know, I said, I said yes to, you know, to marrying Angie, and that meant saying no to an infinite number of possibilities, you know, beside her. You know, I said yes to raising kids, and that means, you know, sacrificing an infinite number of possibilities that I could do with with my life. So you know, every yes. Even imply even, some sacrifice, even which is in a, you know, even in vocational awareness, even mm -hmm. in giving ourselves, you know, to to good things, to giving ourselves to the Lord, making that path straight for God. You know, every yes requires sacrifice, but that sacrifice, you know, lifts us up and is a is a witness and a testimony to to the world. Right, and we don't say the word sacrifice enough during Advent. We we think of it more during Lent, but you know. Sacrifice is important when it comes to spiritual life because it brings us closer to God. It brings us closer to His sacrifice on the cross. And it brings us closer because it, it removes from our lives those obstacles that, you know, that don't allow Him to have that shortcut. 
into our hearts. You know, there might not be any shortcuts in traffic, whether it be Los Angeles or Miami, but we can make shortcuts. You know, if we allow our hearts uh, to be open to the divine will. Yesterday, you know, I, 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 the opening prayer of Mass, the collect uh, in Mass, was so beautiful. And, you know, when priests and religious pray their, their morning prayer and during Adventist morning and evening prayer, uh, we're still reading the old, the old translations. And the old translation, it was so beautiful because it says, Almighty and merciful God, may no earthly undertaking hinder those who set out in haste to meet your Son. In other words, what we're saying is, let nothing we do on this world hinder us from running in haste to meet your Son at His coming. And that's what yesterday's readings were all about. Make straight the ways to the straight your paths, you know, prepare the way of the Lord. So my friends, today, realize, okay, what is it that you want? And what is it you need? Maybe you need to make two columns, make a list. You know, all these things that we want, are they things we need? Probably not. Some things we, we may need. But th- th- it's a very, very, very big distinction. Because when it all boils down to it, at the end of this Advent season, when we, we, we sing the Gloria at Midnight Mass on Christmas Eve, we realize that all we really need this Christmas is Jesus. Yes! Yes! The you! The you! The you! The you, baby! The you, baby! Yeah! Whoa! Whoa! We need a running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's you a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but just... No. Get out of here. <laughs> what was that last night? And today on Deal or No Deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, we are three miles from Green Tree Practice Facility, the Hectic Athletic Center. Still um, no smoke. On, um, I keep looking at the chimney, but no. I, we look out the window, and you know, we could, if there was smoke, we could, we could probably <laughs> see it from 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 my, our second floor offices. But uh, no smoke from the University of Miami as we record this on a Monday morning, uh, where it is very, very, very early on the Pacific Coast. Um, so all weekend, Jorge and I have been totally disconnected from reality, from sport. We, we, we there were TVs on. We were able to catch. Yeah, a play a play here. Play here and a play yeah, there. I I was able to watch the entire first half of the Dolphin game. We'll get into nice. that in a bit. In a bit, uh, didn't catch. You know, it was pretty much. You know, we'll get into it later. But you know, so Friday as we're opening the fair is when Twitter went on fire with you know it, as and not not only as I'm opening the fair as the Oregon Ducks were preparing to play the Pac-12 championship mm-hmm. game against the Utah Utes, okay, out of Salt Lake City. Because they're on the Pacific Coast, right? Yep. Anyhow, <laughs> you know one thing about college athletics, you know, it's geography's all messed Terrible. up because athletic coast conference. We got Pittsburgh and Louisville, and you know, so I mean, uh, Pittsburgh and Syracuse and Louisville, but that's another story. And Tallahassee, but you know, just because Tallahassee. Anyhow, so all these things are going on at five around five o'clock ish, six o'clock ish on Friday night as these players in Oregon. Are getting ready to play a Pac-12 game, which is no small feat. Okay, yeah, their college football playoffs hopes dash, but a trip to the Rose Bowl. Absolutely. They won it last year. Yep. No small feat. Yep. Win the Rose Bowl. 
a great a, atmosphere. A conference championships. A conference, conference champion. Championship. You get you get rings. Yep. You get rings when you win the Rose Bowl. You know, there's a lot of Midwestern farmers out there that played for Iowa or Wisconsin oh, yeah. or Ohio State that proudly wear those Rose Bowl rings as if they were national championship rings. Okay. Yep. Uh, but such is life, because Oregon, you know, they have as many national championships as you and I have, Jorge. They, you know? uh, they are still the only college football team that proudly displays its number of national championships on the 50-yard line. Yes, it does. <laughs> because because zero. their logo is a big zero, a big, big O. A big O. <laughs> and um, anyhow, so, uh, so that was on Friday. You know, Mario's going to sign here, and, and Mario Cristobal's going to sign here, and all that stuff. Now, here's the problem. I told you this morning I have words because you told me. I, twi- I texted you something this morning, and you, t- you said, <coughs> I'm over it. I'm over it. Okay. Here's the problem. Um, you know people. I know people. They know people. And they know people. Mm-hmm. And that's Every- the problem. Everyone knows a guy. No, but, that, but here's the thing. And all of that, what we're hearing is either true or has some semblance of yep. truth. Okay. And everybody's connected. I have a source who talks to somebody from the Board of Trustees every day. And I'm not breaking any news because it's been broken already over the weekend that it's supposedly mm-hmm. a done deal that the Clemson AD is coming here and that Mario Cristobal will be the next head, the coach, next head of coach, the, coach of the University of Miami football team. Cue the Super Mario theme. Right. Let's go for <laughs> Um but that's the problem, oh. is that there's too many, and somebody said it on Twitter this morning, there's too many chefs in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Well, the, what, what I've continuously gone back to is the, the three people who are making this decision, which is Julio Frank, the, the president. Rudy Fernandez. Yeah, Rudy Fernandez. Chief and staff. And uh, who's the? Rui, is it Ruiz? No, it's not Ruiz. No, Ruiz is, is the booster. The booster. But, but there's a, we'll another, <laughs> another administrator who's, yeah. who's advising. For, mm-hmm. There's been radio silence out of them. No, they, they haven't said they, anything. They've retweeted one thing here and there, but they right. haven't come out and said a single but word. So, I, first of all, so. I want to know. I sit. I've sat on several board of trustees, and oh, I sit on the one in Berlin. I have a meeting tomorrow night. I believe there's maybe fifteen to twenty of us. Yep. Okay, and I think that's too big, mm-hmm. but 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 it's fine. You know, works works for that. Yep. Uh, you know, at Pace, I sat on one. I believe we were ten to fifteen, and it was it was okay. Um, because there's too many voices. And I mean, sometimes you want several, you know, contrasting opinions, but I think you get contrasting opinion between 10 and 15 voices or 10, 10 or 12 voices. But the thing is that all these voices have money mm-hmm. and they all want a say and, in this. And, and they all have an angle. And, uh, great. And, and listen, and God bless them. They all want what's best, uh, for the university of Miami. For sure. Maybe not what's best for the, the, the kids in that locker room. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what's best for, for Mario and his family, for Manny Diaz and his family. That's, get, that's getting lost in all this. Mm-hmm. That Manny Diaz is still out on the road recruiting. No, he's handled with his, this. He's handled this. Uh, he's been quiet. Exception. He can't. He canceled his. Uh, he he meets. He he's he, go, he goes on every Monday morning. On Joe Rose, usually you know we. How many times have we gone done this podcast? Yeah. You know, with something we heard from Manny and the Joe Rose show. You know, uh, from that morning, he canceled last week. He knows what's going he on. He has to know. He, he has to be. Of course he knows what's going on. He has on. to be. But uh, yet he's it, still out there being a good soldier. And that's and the recruiting. thing. You know, uh, all these people with opinions. and, and uh, Oh, but, the, but the, Nash, the, 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 now the national media is getting me, all. 
Tell me what you were telling me this morning. Oh yeah, no, the the, the, the the fake hatred, you know, coming from an Alabama beat writer and a and a Florida Gator. Who, by the way, an, an FSU. Can we go columnist. back to two thousand seven? I'm not going to be the head coach of Alabama. Two thousand six. Oh, yeah. You know, so all, the, all this fake outrage. You know, it's from people who who are speculating. We don't know what Manny knows. We don't know what Manny's been offered. We don't know what Manny's. You know, if he's if he's actually on board with all this. You know, he's he's out there doing his thing and and, and doing his job. It's still his job. And it's still his job, and he's still getting paid to do his job. And I said to a friend, it reminded me, it reminds me a little bit, because um, I was with the team. It was my first year with the Dolphins. And hey, if you wanna if you wanna look for my replacement, and I know I have a four to eight million dollar paycheck coming, you know, hey, go, go go for it. Go for it. <laughs> no, but, but I was telling a friend yesterday, uh, yesterday that it remind, my first year with the Dolphins, Tony Soprano was a coach. Rest in peace. And um, and our owner. Went to the West Coast after Stanford finished her football season to try to poach Jim Harbaugh yep. while he had a head coach in place, yep. which was vilified in the national media. Now we're being vilified, and it's a mess in Miami. But no, which one only tells me mm-hmm. that that we know what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. Because there's there's uh, there's fear that Miami is is getting serious here. No, but but here's the thing. People that are really big fans of college football, and I told you earlier, Scott Van Pelt had a kind of yeah. li- little mini essay on his show last night after yeah. midnight. I saw the clip this morning saying, you know, you know, it means that the U is coming back, and that's a good thing for college football. Absolutely. Like, we need FSU as much as we hate it. We need FSU. We need UF. We mm-hmm. need the powers, USC, Notre Dame. Oklahoma, the thing is that, Oklahoma, 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 Oklahoma in no, but SEC Oklahoma, is, Yeah, but here's the thing. Oklahoma and Nebraska, yeah. they went after the money yep. to sacrifice their programs. Yep. Because these were iconic programs that, you know, that's why, I mean, that's one of the reasons Lincoln Riley had to, you know, hightail it out of Norman because I don't see Oklahoma competing in the SEC. Yeah, they have high-powered offenses, and Brett Venable's great Great choice, yep. you know the de- the defensive coordinator from Clemson. Great choice to be the next head coach of Oklahoma. But competing in the SEC when you're again geography, Oklahoma is not in the Southeast. Nope. Oklahoma's right smack dab <laughs> in the middle of the country. Okay, might as well put Kansas in there. But that's not going to happen. And so Nebraska, what happened when they moved to the Big Ten? They're a doormat mm-hmm. in the Big Ten. I- I'm par with Rutgers, and that and that's a Football crazed, uh, you know. Every time they would come to, to for an Orange Bowl, this city would be overrun by Nebraskans that that you know. And God bless their passion. So it's it, yeah, maybe it's a little messy. Maybe there's too many sources out there. You know, I tweeted out last yeah. night. I go, I've been running a fair all weekend. I just want to know one thing: mm-hmm. Am I the new head coach? You, you, are, you are not. And you are. Uh, Tim Reynolds <laughs> responded, "It's possible." I saw that. <laughs> it's pos- in fact, I just saw a tweet from Tim Reynolds that that he took a screen grab of somebody, a spam, you know, potential spam calling him, no. <laughs> and he wrote, "Is this, is this a source? Hi, do you are you a source? Because <laughs> Lord knows how many people are, are whispering oh, in his ear, whispering in other other people's ear. God bless Mike Ryan and the Levitard show. He's he's he's, he's his facts have been so far yep. correct. Yep. But here you you said it's messy. It looks messy, it but looks but messy. we don't know." But here's because the, thing. the, the th- again the, the three people who are going to make this decision, and, and the two people they're negotiating with haven't said a word. No, so, they so we have no idea. And know, Mario has I what's mean, being said, and and who knows what. 
But it, it was so unfair to those. I mean, I don't know who leaked started leaking information oh, on Friday night, but it was so unfair to those kids in Oregon. Are you surprised they got blown out? I'm not. N- no, my and my father to said take, it. These, to these take kids, the field with that swirling. Is, you know, I don't know how it is with college football, but I mean, I always saw players before a game, yeah. you know, on their phones, you know, checking in with, you know, girlfriends oh, or checking sure. in with family, for wives sure. or children, you know, have a good game. So... They and, had and to have seen and it. And it's not like it happened, you know, as they were taking the field. No, this was, this was, three, this was hours, hours three hours before, before they took the yeah. field. So it, it was unfortunate for those kids. And you feel for those kids because, you know, that's the current state of college football. Right after we finished recording this podcast last, last week, Brian Kelly pulls a shocker, all yeah. shockers, and you think that Notre Dame, and you want Notre Dame in terms of the health of college football— you want Notre Dame to be up there, and God bless Brian Kelly. Mm-hmm. As much as we despise Notre Dame, it's a football program, not the school, the football program. You know, we love Our Lady, and you know he he brought them out of in and he, and he yep. said he he put he made them modern, he made them you know made them a na- in part of the national conversation. And they do play a tough schedule, yep. and and they were really they were number five in the playoff yesterday. If Alabama would have lost, let me start on that one, they would have been in the playoff. So. He leaves to LSU. If you would have told me when I was growing up, yeah. okay, when Notre which, Dame was— Which do you prefer? No, but even growing up, or even right now, oh, yeah. I see Notre Dame as the— Like, for example, if a UM coach leaves to coach Notre Dame, it's Notre Dame. As much as it would sting me, mm-hmm. as much as I want— But now, uh, Rich Eisen and Rich Eisen said it last week, now Notre Dame— is a stepping stone school like Cincinnati? You know, like SMU? Well, because Notre Dame, it's undefeated or bust. You you have no conference championship. You want you want to get in the playoff. They, you, they, you have they to go undefeated. To get in the, you know, the, the, yeah. They, they'll, they'll take. They've shown they'll take a one loss conference champion, but now, but here, uh, a one loss independent I, Notre Dame and now, it, like, with with three four strong teams. I, it ain't happening. I'm glad you mentioned that. Let's segue into the college football playoff because here's here's a here's a question because none of i mean we should have seen it coming because it's nick saban but we thought georgia was gonna run away not run away but they gave up that defense which has been all world all mm-hmm. year gave up 38 points to alabama yep. and there was once upon a time where alabama couldn't you know would would put up 16 points like they did against auburn last week oh. now here's the question i have for you young man is if alabama had lost to Auburn in the Iron Bowl and beaten Georgia like they did on Saturday, would the committee have put a two-loss Alabama team in the top four? No, I think I think Notre Dame gets the gets wow. the edge on that one. Mm. Oh man, that's that, because well, Alabama looked bad they, in the Iron Bowl, they looked and Alabama awful. looked bad in several games this awful. year, and, 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 and Georgia did not look bad all year. Until yesterday, until Saturday, you know yep. they did not look bad all year until Saturday. So that's the that's why I don't want them to expand the playoff. I think that four is perfect because here's the thing: if we would have had the old BCS system or all, you know the way the Canes won the national, I know it was awful, but it would have been Georgia against Michigan, yeah, yep. because they're the only two teams that deserve to be up there before a conference championship. Mm-hmm. The thing is, a conference championship would have co- would have cost them probably co- probably would have cost Georgia. So, because in the old poll system, Georgia, I mean, I don't know how the AP poll came, you know, how how it came out yesterday. It's irrelevant. Yeah. 
because it came out, but the college football playoff oh, trumps it. BCS, I remember that. Oh, night. because we were oh. stung in 2000. We sh- we beat Florida head to head. Florida State. Trying to do the calculations. Oh my goodness! And, and that was strength of schedule, and it depends how many how much points you blew out somebody by, that and was... and and it and it and sometimes the strength of schedule depended on. Well, if Rutgers loses to to, yeah. to UMass, yeah, yeah, no, it was it was headache inducing. It was bad. It was, it was so inducing. bad, and that we didn't play Oklahoma in that 2000 BCS. And that yeah. that still stings because oh, yeah. we should have won three in a row. Yep. But to to wrap up this whole uh, Manny Diaz and and Mario conversation, what if it blows up like everything that has blown up for Miami since that flag was thrown in the desert? Oh, this is gonna be ugly. If it, you know, because. By the way, I'll, both of us keep checking our phones to see if something's gone yeah, on no. and, and nothing. But no. so we're we're hoping nothing yet. So we're hoping that um we're hoping that that happens this weekend. Listen, and all success. To, uh, you know, if Mario stays in Oregon or comes home, uh, you know, he's homegrown guy. Went to Columbus. Nothing but the best for him. And and Manny, you know, God bless him. You know. May not have been the best oh, coach. We got, we got a we got a semi another like little puff of smoke here, according to uh, David Lake, who's been on top of everything. Miami's entire staff has been pulled off the recruiting trail. Okay. So there's no, we, that. We, well, we we heard this early this morning. We went on the air that that um, Manny situation will be resolved by the end of the morning. Yeah. So we we're we're not even halfway through the morning. So there's that the Dolphin game. I wish I could speak intelligent on. I saw the first half. Um, all I can tell sluggish. you is all I can tell you is we won and Jalen Phillips had a, a handful right. more sacks. Well, I should have. Uh, I saw two of them because I saw throws. two of them, and that's all, all I saw. Jalen uh, Jalen Waddle broke the rookie record and uh, for receptions for a rookie, yep. uh, which is a record that I saw in person uh, be uh, broken by Jar- Jarvis Landry, nice. and he broke Jarvis's record, and uh, he is playing out of. He had nine catches yesterday, playing out of his mind. And the Panthers just keep winning. They do no. Not only do they keep winning, Did you they keep digging holes and getting three, two, three goal, two, that, three goal deficits that first, last week. That first game, the the first comeback. That I was against Washington. I was supposed to. I mean, I was supposed to. It go was to that game. four to one, uh, second intermission. I just happened to flip to the channel and I saw four I, one. I took it oh. off. You, you were the one that I put, left. I left it on because there's, there's on. nothing else. Angie's reading a book. I'm just hanging out. You know. Scrolling Twitter, you know, wasting time waiting for waiting for bedtime. So I just put it on in the background, and we score, and then we scored again, and I'm like, oh my god, this is this is happening. And we scored again to tie it up, and then we take the take the. Yeah. That was unbelievable. And then the next game, seven unanswered goals. Woo! We, Buffalo. Yeah. We we got to get out to a game there. We do. It's it's the thing is that the prospect of leaving at seven o'clock game in sunrise and <laughs> maneuvering up to Palmetto. Let's, uh, let's leave right now. I mean, we we'd have to leave literally right now to get to, to Sawgrass Mills in time. So all that's going on. The Heat, uh, Bam Adebayo out. You know, till probably mid to late January. Jimmy's injured. Uh, we just have to weather the storm. And uh, they won the other day. Yep. You know, without them. So let's let's see what happens. You just have to weather it and 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 get to January because. It's December. It's the dog days of you know of the NBA season. So December and January. So, what are you gonna do there? Um, and we can't talk about baseball because we're locked out. You no, know, no names, no images. We can't. No. We can't talk about it. We we can't talk about oh, it. That website's so weird, right? Now. No, I mean it, it's just it's just ridiculous. And <laughs> and here's the thing: they're not gonna talk. Uh, no, not anytime I think, soon. Uh, somebody made a point on MLB Network the other day that they're. 
they're probably not going to feel the heat until the Super Bowl is done. Because yeah. that's because Super Bowl's done, then we we all our eyes turn oh, yeah. to baseball. pitchers and catchers. When the clock hit, reads, yeah. you know, four zeros, it's yeah. baseball season. So yeah, that that that's, I, I it, it's frustrating because it's there isn't really a big issue. I've listened to, I've read articles, I've read, I've heard opinions. There really isn't a big issue that they're fighting about. I mean, unless, you know, they're fighting on something that none of us know about. But it's just, it's sad. You know, 26 years of labor peace, and now it comes to this. And But every time they've had a lockout, not a strike, every time they had a lockout, they yeah. haven't missed any games. So that's hopefully good news of, of things to come, and we'll have baseball on opening day. I think, believe, it was on March 31st uh, that it's opening day. I believe. I'm not sure. Uh, but we hope to be there. We hope. All right, so... Great show today. I have no idea how we got through it. I had no idea how my voice got through it. What day of the week is it? it, it I believe it's still <laughs> Monday. Please let it be Monday because, you know, a lot of things need to be done today that I need to get done before before the day is, yeah. is gone. And, I, and we should have probably mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but we do have a, a few big things coming up. So our, our giving tree is going to be back in the uh, at the entrance of the church. So if, any, if anyone wants to donate uh, wrapped gifts for, for children... You can bring that by the church. Just put a tag with a boy, girl, and an appropriate age range. Our homeless ministry this coming Sunday on the 12th also has their annual toy collection. Uh, that's going to be new and unwrapped toys on right. Sunday, 2.30 to 3.30 behind Comber Hall. Uh, big week, yeah, no, period. No, this evening, um, well, if you're listening to us on Monday, Monday, November, excuse me, Monday, December 6th, uh, Father Omar has it at 7 or 7.30. I don't remember now. Father Omar has the English Advent Night of Reflection. I have it in Spanish on Thursday. I can't do it tonight because um, it's Archbishop Valori. We're celebrating his 60th anniversary to the priesthood today. I believe his birthday was over the weekend. No, Wait. his birthday's this week. Um, his 85th birthday, believe it or not. Wow. Wait, no, 86th birthday, uh, which is, you know, amazing. He's 730, in great. 7.30. So 7.30 tonight uh, for Father Omar in English. I will do it on Thursday. Wednesday's the Feast of Immaculate Conception. There is a lot of stuff happening this week. And, and, you know, as we continue the Advent season, you know, take time to go to these events, to go, you know, to Mass, to spend time with the Blessed Sacrament, and ask yourself that question. And that's how the prayer that we'll end the podcast with. Lord, give to me what you think I need the most this Christmas. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.